where you will find health solutions to set you free from the overwhelm of diet culture and frustration with the ever-changing health rules. Let's go beyond the calorie and diet dogma to equip you to be healthy through simple changes to real food, mindset, and lifestyle. Hey, I'm Jolene. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, wife, furry guardian, and non-bendy yogi. Like you, I spent years chasing skinny instead of health. I finally learned that I needed to take a holistic approach to health and give my body what it needed to thrive. So if you're ready to take back your health one simple step at a time with results that are undeniable like more energy, improved mood, better sleep, and fat loss, this is the podcast for you. Hop in those headphones, take a deep breath, and let's get healthy. Hey, hey! So today, we are going to talk about protein. The power of protein. You see, protein is one of those macronutrients. It's, it's one of the major ones that we track, but it's got so much conflicting information out there, like what's too much, what's not enough. You've got people saying high protein, moderate protein, low protein, you don't need protein. Well, let me start by dispelling the myth of not needing protein. You will die without protein. Protein is an essential macronutrient. The amino acids that it is broken down to is essential to build new tissue. As our body regenerates and gets rid of the damaged tissue, it needs the building blocks for new tissue, and amino acids is one of those, and that's what protein gets broken down into. So those amino acids then get put back together and are really important for muscle mass, maintaining it or building new muscle mass. Without amino acids, you are not going to maintain your muscles or build new ones. It's just not a priority. Carbohydrates do not make muscles. They put glycogen in there and make them look puffy, but they actually do not make muscle tissue. Protein does that. Amino acids do that. Now, another really important thing about um, what protein does is it is the buildup of the sheath around our bones to help them not be brittle and um, frail. As we age, we don't want to get frail. So these two things of building muscle and protecting our bones are so important so that we aren't frail as we age so that we don't break bones when we fall over and we are strong enough not to fall over in the first place. Now that we understand how essential to life protein is, we need to figure out how much do we need. This is difficult because no matter how much research you do, you're going to get different answers. So I'm going to start off by saying that the RDA for protein is the bare minimum you need. This is based on the National Academy of Medicine and their recommendations is that an adult get a minimum of 0.8 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight per day. However, the National Academy of Medicine also says that you should get anywhere from 10% to 35% of your calories each day from protein. That is a huge range. The science on this isn't settled. It's still being handled and they're still being fought depending on the pro-protein or the anti-protein side. But the best way to figure out how much protein you need is one, See how active you are. If you're an active person, don't start at the bare minimum. Start somewhere in the middle and then experiment. Figure out where you actually feel best and your goals are reached. So some things to keep in mind as you figure out how much protein is right for you. There's a few studies I want to point out so that you don't try to go low. 
research in China analyzed seven studies that included more than 250,000 participants who ranged in age from anywhere from their mid-30s to their 80s, okay? They're followed for an average of 14 years, so this is a pretty long study. People with the most protein in their diets were 20% less likely to have had a stroke during the study period than those with the lowest amount of protein in their diets, which even more impressive, the risk of stroke went down 26% for every increase of 20 grams of protein per day. So more protein, less risk of stroke. Now this could be mainly because the protein, what it was replacing. It was most likely replacing simple carbohydrates. And we do know from other studies that high insulin increases your risk of stroke. So and high blood sugar. So when you replace that with protein, obviously it reduced your uh, stroke risk, which is phenomenal. And then I found another study that reviewed the optimal protein intake in aging adults. Now they defined aging adults as those over 40. Do not come at me. I did not define aging adults as over 40. They studied it, not me, okay? Just wanna put that out there. But what they found was that the current recommended protein intake is not sufficient for muscle mass or strength maintenance, meaning we should be eating more than the recommended daily allowance. So those are two studies I want you to keep in the back of your mind when you're trying to figure out how much to take in. The RDA most likely isn't going to give you enough to maintain your muscle mass, to maintain your strength, and to prevent the risk of stroke. Hey, we don't want strokes, do we? Now we get into the part of protein that I really enjoy. Protein helps you in your weight loss and weight management efforts. And you might be going, huh? A calorie is a calorie. Calories in, calories out. I know that it matters what kind of calories, but you know, calories in, calories out kind of thing. Take a step back. Everything we eat has a thermogenic effect on the body, meaning it needs energy to just digest it. That also means that while we're digesting it, we're burning more calories. So protein comes with four calories per gram and it takes 20 to 30% of that just to digest it. So we get this little bump in energy expenditure when we eat protein. Now you'll go, this goes back to the biggest thing that I often say, and you'll hear me say it over and over again. It's not just calories. It's what those calories are made of. This is the perfect example. Carbohydrates only have a thermogenic effect of 5 to 10%. So this is a minimum of like 1.5 to three times as much thermogenic effect just by eating protein over those carbohydrates. Now the other way that it helps with our weight loss and management efforts is that when we ingest protein, protein, like I said, gets broken down into amino acids. And those amino acids just circulate through our bloodstream until it's either used for building blocks for tissues or bones or excreted. Now, it can be stored as fat, but that is such a difficult process on the body that it generally is not stored as fat. In order for the body to store protein as fat, it first has to convert it over to glucose then that glucose needs to then be converted over to triglycerides to be stored as fat. 
You see, it's a big drawn out process. It's just easier for the body to excrete it as urine. And we know that the body likes to do things that's simple, quick and easy, especially when it has glucose stored, it can use fat for fuel easier than converting all this protein over. So the whole concept of pro eating too much protein turns into cake isn't actually proven and can't really be proven. Now, does protein ever get converted into glucose? Absolutely. If you're on a low carbohydrate diet and your body needs glucose because it always stores a certain amount in the body, it will then use the amino acids for that purpose. So it does do it, but it is not gonna do it with excess protein. This is where that concept, that excess protein damages the kidneys came from. So you can't have it both ways that it turns to cake and it damages the kidneys. The excess amino acids get excreted from the urine. Got it? Okay, okay, so now we've gotta break that myth of high protein damages healthy kidneys. Now, I'm gonna put the caveat out there, if you have damaged kidneys, work with your nephrologist. I am not your nephrologist, I'm not your doctor, I am not your medical practitioner, but we are talking specifically about healthy kidney function. This study in the Journal of Nutrition looked at the changes of glomerular filtration rate, which is also known as GFR, and from here on out will be known as GFR, and its actual effect on the kidneys. They concluded that post-intervention GFR comparisons indicated that high-protein diets did result in a higher GFR. However, when the changes of GFR were compared, dietary protein actually had no effect. So their analysis indicated that high protein intakes did not adversely influence kidney function at all on the GFR of a healthy adult. So take that for what it is, um, but they cannot, there has been no linkage at all in studies that high protein actually damages the kidney of a healthy kidney. When you have impaired functions, there are things you need to do because your kidneys aren't working properly. Whether it affects a damaged kidney or not, that still needs to be looked at. I don't think that they've actually studied that at all. I have yet to find one, but if I do, I will share it with you. You know me, I love sharing because it's caring. Now that you understand the wonderful benefits of protein, you might be like, woohoo, I'm gonna go all in and increase my protein. And now you're wondering how. I'm a big advocate for animal proteins because it is a complete protein. Um, plant sources of proteins are good as well, but it's really hard to get complete protein, meaning a full amino acid profile from plants. You need to learn how to combine certain ones to get that full amino acid profile, where animal proteins come in a nice, clean, complete package, which makes life a lot easier. They also come with lots of vitamins and minerals and other healthy things that we need in our body so we don't have to combine with all these other foods as well. So to increase your protein, aim for a minimum of 30 grams of quality protein at each meal if you're a three-mealer-a-day person. If you're a two-mealer-a-day person, you're gonna have to bump that up to 40 to 45 grams. Um, even if you're a three-mealer, if that 90 grams per day is not enough, you're gonna have to bump that up maybe with a couple snacks. If you need some great snack ideas, the show notes have a link to a handout of some high protein snack ideas. Um, 
which will help you get through that part of it. Also in the show notes is a link to what I call a blogcast, which is the blog that corresponds to this podcast. And it will have a list of all the studies I cited um, in case you want to go read them for yourselves. I just you know, want to make sure that you know I did not pull this all out of my butt. I did pull it out of actual studies and not thin air. So today's task is to start increasing your protein, play around with it, and see where you feel best. If you have any digestive issues, make sure before your meal, take a shot of apple cider vinegar to help with the digestive juices so you can break down the protein either right before, right after, or within 30, 40 minutes before or after will do the trick. It will help you because a lot of times when you increase your protein, you say, I don't like protein, it turns me off, but it's because you're having trouble digesting it because your digestive juices aren't there. It is not high enough to actually break stuff down. So that's uh, something that you need to be aware of. But protein, the most beneficial macronutrient for a thriving aging society, prevents sarcopenia, helps with weight management, weight loss, you know, and it's just tasty. So enjoy your protein. And on that note, friends, I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found value in what you heard today, I would be incredibly grateful if you could help spread the word. Sharing is caring after all. Share the podcast with others that will find the information helpful. It's through your support that I can continue to grow and bring more amazing content. And if you have a spare moment, I would truly appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world to me, and it also helps others discover my show. I read every review and take your suggestions to heart, so please don't hesitate to let me know what you think. Remember, you can stay connected with me by following me on Instagram or visiting the website at holistichealthmadesimple.com. I love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to reach out, share your thoughts, ideas, and even suggestions for future episodes. See you later.